Amy, thank you. Hello, how you going? Hola. How are we all? Yes, that's great, Ruben. I love your enthusiasm. I'm tired too. As Pastor Steve said, we went to Lake Talbot yesterday. We took the youth group and uh, we decided to play football in the shallows. I'm beginning to think that was a bit of a mistake. Uh, my elbows are sore, my ankles are sore, most of my body is sore, my brain is sore. I'm sunburnt. Um, and Andy came up to me this morning and said, hey man, and gave me the double clap on the back that only men do. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry because I flinched. And I said, no, no, that's okay. It's, you know, it's, it's the man thing. See, men only do the double clap. They don't do more than that because it says I love you, but I'm a little too attached. If you do the one clap, it's like I don't really love you. I'm just being nice. But if you do the double clap, it's like I love you, but from a manly distance. And that's really appropriate between us guys, you know. That's, that's what we love. Um, that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> yes, so um, yesterday uh, the, the pastors came together and, and we were praying uh, j- just here in the church. And, you know, we're praying about, um, you know, where God is taking us and things that are happening in the city and, and how God's going to use us and, and, and all these kinds of things. And... You know, we had the guitar going while we were praying and, and you know, um, there's different prayer points going. And God showed me a, a, a really cool picture. And he showed me a picture of um, how he was giving us different things as we were showing ourselves more and more faithful as God was changing us, you know, in our journey. You know, just, just little bit by little bit, we're changing, we're changing. And as we're changing and as we're proving faithful in the small things, God is giving us bigger things and it's uh, causing change in our community as well. And so big, when we're changing, God is blessing us in order to change our community because we are blessed to be a blessing, yes? That's a biblical principle. And then he showed me a, like a bird's eye view of Griffith and I saw this fire being poured out on all the streets, like as if someone was standing above Griffith and holding a, a, a bottle and just started pouring it out, and it, was, it began flowing through the streets. And, but that wasn't even the most interesting thing, even though it was you know, wonderful to see. It was wonderful what God was showing me. One of the most interesting things about it was that although it was like you know, fire as we would understand fire you know it's it's fierce it's ferocious it burns up everything it it doesn't leave anything you know unless that anything is fireproof anyway but so it was burning with this real ferocity but the way it was moving it was moving like it was milk you know not even water it wasn't splashing about it was just moving smoothly and and gracefully like fire doesn't do you know and and i could see griffith getting healed and, um, you know, that was, that was such a wonderful thing to see and a wonderful promise of God as, you know, and an encouragement as we are growing, as we are changing. And, it, you know, God told me, I'm not going to move in this city without your, uh, without your I can't remember the word, it's not change, it wasn't compliance or something like that, but it was, it, you know, it, God was saying, we're in partnership. 
and I'm not going to move unless I have your partnership. And so we've got to be willing to do that. That's something that we have to choose ourselves. And so I'm, I'm really blessed with this whole journey that we've been on lately about making decisions based upon the kingdom of God and not ourselves. So this message isn't about me. Please don't think it's about me. I do feel like a bit of a celebrity this morning. It's weird because I've heard my name mentioned a lot of times, but thank God that this is not about me. This is about God bringing change to all of us and to our community. So, so let's get into the word, yeah? So lately we've been learning you know, that we, are, that we are the sum total of our decisions. Every decision that we've ever made in our lives, right up to this point, this is who we are. And, you know, we've all heard the people say, and I think everyone's guilty of saying this at some point, and I've said it, you don't know what I've been through. <laughs> Shut up, you know. We're not the sum total of our experiences. We are the sum total of our choice. Because everyone undergoes bad things. Does that make us bad people? No, we decide to be who we decide to be. That's common sense 101. And, uh, you know... So today I'm talking about important over urgent. I've left my little clicker over here. I get kind of scared using this thing because I think last time I used it, I had the batteries in my pocket instead of in here. How do I turn this on? That's right, the on button. I never read the manual. Okay. Haha. <laughs> working so far. Important over urgent. So last week we talked about surrender over control. Now we're talking about important over urgent. And uh, most specifically, this has to do with our time, what we choose to do with our time, because time is something that you can never get back. And we always wish we had more time. And we're always saying, I wish I had more time to uh, spend time with my spouse. I wish I had more time to spend time with my kids. I wish I had more time to get my work done in the work hours that I've been allotted because I'm getting all sorts of things thrown at me. I wish I had more time to myself. I wish I had more time for a leisure activity. I wish I had more time to read a book or learn something new. You know, I wish I had more time to spend with my friends. I wish I had more time to travel because, you know, I'm always working and I've got all these responsibilities and I can't even take a break. I wish I had more time. Have we all said that? If you haven't said that, you probably need to start using your time more effectively. <laughs> and, you know, for most of us, we understand Decisions when they come in a sense of this is right and this is wrong. We don't necessarily think, well, these are both good things, but what is necessary for me? We tend to think in terms of right and wrong. And so usually, no, I'm not even going to say usually, hopefully we tend to pick you know, the right thing. And so for many of us, it can be very hard to, to turn bad as a result of our decisions. And so, you know, that's something that the devil has cottoned on to. Now, if you believe in God, logically speaking, that he created a good earth, then something's gone wrong along the way. The Bible says that, I'm paraphrasing, the devil likes to cause trouble. So, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. You hear what I'm saying? If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Because if he can't take you out of the game if he can't take away the fact that you are focused, then he's going to try and change your focus. He's going to flash so many lights in front of you, and us being the little fly, we're not going to know which one to go to because they're all good things that we can do. 
But a good thing is not necessarily the right thing, and I'll get into that in a moment. Ha ha! That wasn't meant to happen to us. Anyway, you have time for what you choose to have time for. It's as simple as that. God has given us 24 hours a day and seven days in a week. He has given us a time frame to do stuff in, and that includes resting. If we don't have enough time for things that we want to have time for, then we're placing a wrong emphasis on something, or we're abusing God's gift of time. Do you hear what I'm saying? When we say, I don't have enough time, it's a lie. Pure and simply. You have time for what you choose to have time for. This is a decision. But it's got to be a very intentional decision. So, before I get into some scripture, I want to talk about important over urgent. What's something that's urgent? It's something that happens in the moment and it grabs your attention and you've got to deal with it right there, yeah? And it can be urgent, you know? When your car breaks down, that's urgent. You've got to get it fixed. But maintaining your car and getting it serviced and checking the oil and stuff like that, that's important so that the urgent doesn't happen later on. There are so many principles in this. Um, seeing a doctor when you're sick is urgent. But taking care of your health is important so that you don't need to go and see the doctor when you get sick. I mean, sometimes things happen. Sometimes urgent things do pop up that we can't avoid. That's all right. But, you know, the more intentional we are with doing important stuff, the less reactive we will be to urgent stuff when they come along. And we're going to minimize the amount of urgent things that take place in our lives. We won't be able to take them away completely. That's all right. But we do get to minimize the urgent things when they happen. And so we learn to live an intentional lifestyle rather than a reactive lifestyle. Amen. So, we're reading from Luke 10 today, so if you've got your Bibles, please, you know, turn there. If you don't, well, it is on the screen. So, I'm going to turn there, actually. I want to open my Bible. I really like opening my Bible, even when I don't need to. It looks like someone had a coloring in contest in here. Luke 10, 38 and 39. So Jesus has just come to town, right? And he goes to uh, stay in this house. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now we see the two different decisions there, don't we? And I'm not going to rag on Martha today, you know. But there are two different decisions made by Martha and Mary, or one decision made by each of them that were two different decisions. Mary chose to spend time with Jesus rather than Martha. Martha. Now, just a simple principle. When we've got things going on, we still need to love spending time with Jesus. That's the most important thing. Even when you're doing important things, 
we still need to love spending time with Jesus. We need to love spending time with Jesus all the time. Okay, let's read on. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, you know, usually when we read this verse, we, we like to pick on Martha, don't we? Gosh, Martha, you're so busy. Why can't you just chill out? But, you know, to be honest, most of the time I can identify with Martha more than I can identify with Mary. I think most of us can, really. We don't like to sit down and rest and spend time with Jesus, even though it's the best thing for us. We like to, we like to be busy. We like to always be doing something. Martha missed the point and pursued the urgent. And she has a go at her sister to Jesus. And you look at Mary and she's just chill. She's just sitting at Jesus' feet. You know, she's fine. But Martha's stressing out. I've, I've noticed from my own life, and I'm, I'm sure you've noticed at some stages too, when you're always busy, when you're always doing something, you're always stressing out, aren't you? You're always thinking about the next thing to do and you're always on a mission. You know, I think a lot of us can identify with Martha, especially when you've got a guest in your home. Now, looking at the context, Jesus was, he was a famous figure. He was a rabbi, you know, um, but he was different from all the others. The people would crowd when he would come into the town and all of a sudden he's staying at Mary and Martha's house. They've got to put on a nice house, you know. Now, most of us, when we have guests over, we want to, Make sure everything's right. We want to have the house clean. We want to make sure it's smelling nice. For those of who, us who are, you know, real spiritual, we love to put on the worship music and everything because, you know, we're always spending time with Jesus. I mean, me and my housemates, I think we're problem solvers. We just don't invite people over, you know. But, uh, but it's a common thing that we love to do. We love to, you know, make sure everything's right so that everything can go right because we like to be in control of everything in our lives. Come on. I didn't mean to let that bit slip, actually. We do invite people over, all right? Just not many. Now, read that. I want you to have a good long think about that because we are all guilty of it. We can often faithfully It ain't a bad thing, being faithful. But we can be faithful in the wrong things. We can faithfully pursue the urgent and neglect what is important. How many of us can think of a situation in our lives where we've done that? You know, I've mentioned how, you know, it's good to live an intentional lifestyle rather than a reactive lifestyle. It's very hard to do that in this culture. Am I right? It's very difficult because there's always things being thrown in front of your face. Deal with this now. Deal with this now. You know, cook dinner in 10 minutes. I'll just microwave everything. Let's go and get some fast food. You know, we expect everything so instantly and it's seeped into every aspect of our lives. And we think that if we're not doing things instantly, then something's wrong. Whereas if you go to, you know, a number of other countries in the world, 
you can say, let's have a meeting at 10 o'clock and they won't pick you up and it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon and you're wondering where the hell they are. That's not such a great thing either. But you can tell how different cultures can be. And in our culture, it is very difficult not to be reactive, but it's something that we need to break in ourselves and master. Because if we don't master being intentional instead of reactive, well then, we're only going to grow so much, we're only going to change so much, we're only going to influence someone else so much. And I'll touch on that in a second as well. Let's move on. So Jesus responds. Martha. Martha. Jesus, ah, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I mean, Martha's dishes are going to get dirty again. She's going to get dust on the floor again. Jesus' words are never going to leave Mary if she wants them there. You know, a lifestyle of being busy, it's, it's a choice. And all of those things, they fizzle out. And so we're always trying to create things that fizzle out. I'm going to leave that one alone. Let's go to some practicals. What's the most important thing you've been distracted from pursuing? You know, we've been talking about very similar themes, very similar questions in the last couple of weeks. What's important to you? What suits you? You know, what's God got for you? What do you want to accomplish? What is the most important thing you've been distracted from pursuing? We've all got something. Do you know, my most difficult discipline as a Christian, you know, the thing that I have the most trouble with, it's, it's not fasting. I love food. You can just look at my body mass index and tell that I love food. I eat as much food as I could get. You should have seen me yesterday at the barbecue. And last night, I went to have dinner at someone's house, and I'm like, I'm full. But you've got potato bake. That changes things. I may not be completely full. You know, I love my food, but fasting is not a discipline that I have a lot of trouble with in my life. I mean, I do sometimes. We all have a bit of trouble with fasting. You know what my most difficult discipline is? It's reading this thing. I love knowledge. I've said that a lot of times. I love just reading and learning and being challenged and all this kind of stuff. But my most difficult thing is just finding time to read my Bible and glean something from God. Even though it's what I want to do most in the day, and I'm like, I'll go, oh, maybe at lunchtime I'll get some time, and I'm going to read my Bible. And then something comes up, and it's like, no, I can't read my Bible. And then I go home, and I'm like, I'm going to read my Bible before I start doing you know, other work. And then I don't read my Bible because I'm like, no, I don't have enough time. And I always say I don't have enough time, and I neglect reading my Bible, and all of a sudden I haven't read it in three or four days, and all of a sudden I'm feeling really dry. And it's like, I just haven't read my Bible. What's my problem? You know? That's my hardest discipline, and that's what I get distracted most from doing, reading the most important thing in my life. No one's free from this problem. If we don't constantly stay on top of it, it will get on top of us. 
Are you hearing me? I mean, what's important in your life? Is it spending time with your family? You know? Even in that, sometimes you can get so distracted spending time with your kids that you can neglect your spouse or you can spend so much time working on your marriage that you can neglect your kids. And I mean, all little things can work. What is distracting you where you can take a step back and say, okay, I need to learn to find balance in this? You know? Is it time with people? Is it time with yourself? Is it, you know? What are you distracted from doing? Something that you need in your life, something that is very important in your life. For many of us, it is that we get distracted from spending time with God because we think we can't spend time with Him when we're doing things or we just get carried away doing things and we forget about Him or something like that. It could be an external problem. It could be an internal problem. Could it be an addiction? Is an addiction distracting you from doing the right thing? We all battle with this. So, some things about how to go about dealing with these issues and living an intentional lifestyle and choosing the important over the urgent. Number one, we need to create artificial deadlines. Now, an artificial deadline is a deadline that doesn't exist. Let me explain that. My message is not due on Saturday or Sunday morning at 4am, is it? No. I hear the pastor very assuredly saying, no. It's due on Thursday night, Thursday afternoon. That's when I'm supposed to have everything done. Because I'm supposed to be organized. You know? What's an artificial deadline? Maybe you're trying to get all your work done by a particular day in the week because you're taking a couple of days off and you need to get everything for the week done. So you create an artificial deadline, don't you? And all of a sudden, it's amazing how productive we get when we try and meet our own artificial deadlines. And if we don't create one, we're just going to coast along and keep doing our thing. We're like, yeah, yeah, it's all cool. And then all of a sudden, we're in a crisis situation. So... We need to create deadlines in our mind and say, nah, I'm going to stick to that and I'm going to work within these parameters and I'm going to get it done so that I can, you know, do something else. So, create artificial deadlines. Now, I didn't know how how else to say the word yes, but a number of yeses. So I'm making up a new word. We must be ruthlessly selective in our yeses what we agree to do. I learned earlier on in ministry that you can prove yourself capable in one thing. Then someone will see that you're capable in that one thing. So someone will come along and say, hey, Jamie. Someone will come along and say, Jamie, can you help me in another thing? And you'll say, yeah, sure, I'd love to help. Because, you know, you're so willing and energetic and, and you love doing good things. And it's like, yeah, I can do that. I'll do that for you. I'd love to do that for you because I love you. I care about you. Double tap, you know. Um, I will do that for you. And so then you're doing two things. 
And then someone else sees that you're faithful in that thing. And then they come along and say, hey, Jamie, can you come and help me with this? You know? And you say, yeah, sure. And you're doing that. And then you're doing that. And then you're doing a lot of things all of a sudden. You know? By the end of a couple of weeks, you're doing about eight different things for different people. And then all of a sudden, you're getting five hours of sleep a night. And you don't have time for yourself. That's when I learned not to say yes to every good thing that came my way. It's easy to say no to things that you think, wow, that is really bad. It's like, hey, Jamie, let's go and do ice. I don't know you and I'm not going to do it. Thank you very much, but uh, can I you know, pray for you? you know? <laughs> we, we, we understand some bad decisions when they come along, but we don't understand some things that when they come along, and they are a good thing, but should I actually be doing that? That's more difficult, learning to say no to good things. You can have a lot of good things in your life, but where's God taking you? What's he got you committed to? What are you supposed to be focused on? I'm just going to make a reference to Paul for a sec. We were talking about this a while ago in Young Adults, and we brought it up again a couple of weeks ago. Why did Paul never really address the issue of slavery? He said it was a bad thing, but he never tried to stop it. God never called him to do it. God called him to start churches and change communities and stuff like that, but he didn't call him to end slavery. So he didn't focus on it. Simple as that. So what's important in our life and what's a good thing that we can leave? You know, a barrier to a meaningful life is not a lack of commitment. We often like to judge other people and say, you're not committed enough, you're not doing enough. The barrier to a meaningful life is not a lack of commitment, but overcommitment. Busyness does not necessarily equal productivity. I want to share something with you, something a little personal, and it only happened quite recently. I had my first holiday at the end of last year, right? And I've told some of you this bit. Um, I, I've taken like a couple of weeks off in the past, but that was you know, to do assignments and stuff. That's, that's not a holiday. This is my first holiday where I'm like, I'm getting everything out of my head and I'm just going to relax because I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to relax. I've had a problem with it my whole life. And, uh, and I came back to Griffith after three weeks and I couldn't believe how revived I felt, you know, and when I was getting back into my work and stuff, I'm like, wow, I feel so energetic. I haven't felt like this in years. So let's do more stuff. Yes, I am. I'm ready. Give me more. Come on, God. Challenge me. Big mistake. <laughs> and, you know, at the moment, I've got like three jobs. So I work at Cool Galley. I work on a farm and I work in Griffith High. You know, and I teach scripture and I run youth and now young adults because that's another thing and God said I didn't have time for football and that really sucked, but I understand now, you know. And it's church on Sundays as well and outside that's coaching people and mentoring and all this kind of stuff. And so when I came home from work, every weekday I'm coming here to the church and I'm here till 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night and getting home and not having much sleep and getting up the next day and going, yeah, I'm full of energy, sort of. Mentally, yeah, but physically, uh, wow, you know? And it came to the stage where I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And I said, God, what's going on? And he said, first of all, you're a workaholic. 
I mean, that one was actually pretty hard to hear. God called me a workaholic. And he said, why would I bless you or anything you do if you can't slow down? You know, God doesn't want me to work myself into the ground for his kingdom. He doesn't want me to lose my joy. That's not the price of ministry. If it's coming out of how much I can do for God instead of my genuine relationship with God, God doesn't want any part of my service. He's not going to allow me to serve at the cost of my rest and at the cost of my energy and at the cost of my joy. I don't want to resent God because of what I do for him. God doesn't want that either. He just wants to spend some time with me and he wants me to do stuff with him, not for him. And uh, I, th- I thought, okay, no worries. <laughs> That's a good word. Thank you. And uh, I decided to write down a list of everything I do. I was surprised to realize it was a big list. And I thought, okay, what can I cut out of my life? What is a good thing but not an important thing? What do I need to keep? What's God focusing me on? You know, where does my purpose lie? What's not just going to change other people, but what's going to change me into the man that God wants me to be? So what needs to stay? And, you know, what needs to be delegated to other people? Because I'm not a one-man army. I'm not Rambo as much as I think about it, you know. I can't do everything myself. I'm not born to, you know, solve the world and change it all by myself. We're called to do it together. That's why there's all of us here. Otherwise, I'd be in a church preaching to myself. Do first what matters most. I was listening to a message by Wayne, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, he's a Hawaiian guy. Kadero? Thank you. And he said, at the start of the year, I will put all my holidays on the calendar and then I will organise around that. And I thought, that's a good idea. I still didn't take holidays for a few years. But he was very intentional with the time that he needed. And I've come to learn that that is a very effective lifestyle. (laughs) So, it's not just your holidays, but it's your priorities, it's your values. You need to calendar your priorities and your values, okay? Calendar what is important. Do first what matters most and you will react less. You have time for what you choose to have time for. So, I mean, I'm not going to talk for much longer. I'd like to close off. You know... Martha chose what was urgent, and in reality, Martha chose what most of us generally choose. Being honest with myself. See, I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to any person in here, because this series has really challenged me, and it's brought me to the point of, hang on, what am I doing? What am I choosing for my own life? Martha chose what was urgent, and Mary chose what was important. The biggest principle in this is that we've got to choose Jesus in all things. Whether we're resting, we do it with Jesus. Whether we're doing important things, we do it with Jesus. Whether we're reacting to the urgent things in our life that we maybe can't prepare for, 
We do it with Jesus. Jesus is our priority. Jesus is the only thing that's kept my joy burning, even when I worked myself into the ground. It was a bad choice I made, but Jesus still stuck by my side. I chose to keep my eyes on him. And that's the reason he was able to bring me to this. You've got to be willing to hear what Jesus has to say. We must align our hearts with his. As I said, I have, I have, I have a problem reading my Bible. I have a problem trying to find time for it. But the more I sp- spend time reading my Bible, the more I spend time in prayer, the more I spend time with Jesus and say, come on, show me yourself. I want to know more. You know, give me understanding, give me perspective. I've found that the more my life tends to balance out because I start making better decisions, not based upon pleasing people or responding to good things or responding to urgent things, but being intentional. Jesus is our model. And if we're going to find some sort of semblance in our lives, if we are going to find some sort of cohesive order where this can all work together and we can begin to be shaped in the path that God wants us to be shaped instead of stepping off all the time and doing a snake along the path, if we want to stick to the path, Jesus is our model. And we've got to do it with him. Let's pray. Father, we are sorry for overcommitting. We are sorry for doing too much. We are sorry for holding ourselves back by trying to do everything all at once. We are sorry for limiting our potential by trying to give you more than we have to offer, more than you have called us to. We love you, Lord. We don't just want to serve you, Father. We want to serve alongside you. We want to do this with you. We are so incapable, Father. So lead us and help us, grace us to be led. But in all of this service, Father, may we not forget, but may we increasingly be led to the truth of aligning our hearts with yours of knowing you above all else because everything we do, Father, flows out of a loving relationship with you where we get to know you more and we get to make ourselves more vulnerable to you and you get to make yourself more vulnerable to us. Help us to know you. Father, help us to choose not what is good but what is important. Help us to not react to all the urgent things in our lives but help us to put things in place so that we can minimize all the urgent things that happen. Help us to live intentional lives and to be a model to other people. Bring change to us, Father, for ourselves, for our relationship with you and for this community that you have called to a path of freedom and reconciliation and transformation. Change us. May we choose you. Lord Jesus. And Father, as we conclude this uh, four-week course of right decisions, may we see you in a new light. May we be challenged to move in your calling. 
Steer us on the right path, Lord, and let us not stray from it. Help us to pull one another up in a loving and gentle way. As brothers and sisters in Christ, moving in the things of God. That we might be an Acts 2 church, Father, where the numbers are growing daily. Where your favor is upon us in this community. Father, we submit ourselves to you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for walking beside us. Help us to know you. Father, we pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you, everyone. What are we doing now?